Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. So how do you get God's wisdom? Now that's where I left you hanging last week, those of you here. If you remember, I said, oh, we don't have time to look at that. Uh, And we're going to get down to that today here in just a little bit. Uh, But first, let's remember what we're talking about here, the idea of God's wisdom. Um, The Bible says, we saw it the the two weeks ago, Proverbs chapter chapter 4. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the main thing that you need. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So what is it that we're trying to get when we talk about getting wisdom? Well, wisdom is this, if you remember. It's seeing life the same way God sees it and then living accordingly. So, so our, the way we're viewing things, uh, the more it matches up with the way God is viewing things. And by the way, let's, who do we, who's always seeing it right? Who is? God is the one who's seeing it. So when our ways line up with seeing things God's way, then we're seeing it right. We're seeing it the way it really is, Okay. And then, obviously, when we receive that, then we live according to this is wisdom. This is the godly wisdom that we really need to have. And so, two weeks ago as we began this, we came down to uh, the conclusion there at the end that we need to recognize that we need his wisdom. And really, if we need his wisdom, it's him that we need. And so we talked about that. We need to reach that point where we say, okay, Lord, I need you. (laughs) You know, you leave me to my own here, I'm not going to get it. I need you. And then last week we looked at, consider the idea that, man, the way we see things naturally and the way God sees things sometimes are very, very different, right? Remember he said, hey, the way I see things, the way I think about things is so much higher than the way you see things. I see the whole picture. I know all the details down below. And so that whenever our ways don't, our ways of understanding things, our ways of seeing things don't match God's, God is right. And sometimes those things surprise us. You know what? It, this is the way it really is. This is how this works, and I can't figure, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's different, and we're surprised by that. And so what we said we have to do is we have to be ready and willing to exchange our way of seeing things for God's way of seeing things. If we don't, no wisdom. Well, we got our own natural wisdom, which doesn't always work so well for us, does it? And so today we want to talk about how do we then get wisdom? What, what is something going to do? And I get some real practical things to go over with you, but there's a couple of things we got to get to first, because these things have to be in place if we are going to get wisdom. So let's take a, our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Now, if you're here today and you don't have a Bible, that's fine. There's some Bibles under those chairs there. There are Bibles under the chairs. And we encourage you to follow along and don't worry about finding it. I'm going to give you page numbers when you need it. Page 729 is where we're starting today. Page 729 in the Bible that's there in the chairs. And I really do encourage you to follow along with this. I think it's very helpful to you as you do. 
So Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23 says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Just like when we have our physical heart, the, the condition of our physical heart affects lots of things. It affects our, what we can do, what we can't do. Our, our physical heart, is, if, if it's functioning well, you know, it provides the blood and the oxygen and the nutrients throughout our body. Everything works well, but when that begins not to work well, things start to break down. Uh, we start to sometimes actually lose feeling in different parts of our body. We, we get tired. Sometimes our brain doesn't work appropriately because it isn't getting enough oxygen or nutrients. And no, 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 it goes. Well, the author of Proverbs here is, is using that sort of as a picture for us because he's not talking about, this is not a medical <laughs> diagnosis here. He's talking about the condition of our hearts, more like the idea of our souls, Right? what we love, what matters to us deep down inside, what we set our hearts on. It's that kind of thing. And he says this, and he says, keep it. He isn't talking about don't give it away. When he says keep it, this means to guard it or protect it. Watch over the condition of your heart. Make sure that your heart is in the right condition because it affects every issue of life. Now, any choice you ever have to make is affected by the condition of your heart. It just is. Because in your heart, you've made determinations about what's really important. You've made determinations about what you're going to love, what you're going to hate. Uh, and it's not always conscious in those things, but that's where you're at. The condition of your heart. And, and we find out what the condition of our heart is when things show up in our lives suddenly, unexpectedly, and something comes out of us. In fact, you remember that ultimately, even how you talk is going to show what's in your heart. Jesus said that, that out of what your heart is filled up with is eventually what's going to come out in your speech and in your life. So the condition of your heart is crucial. So that means the condition of your heart affects your ability to get wisdom. And so you need to understand that to get wisdom, your heart has to be in the right place. Your heart has to be in the right place. You, God needs to have that first place in your heart. Before all else, we need to, as Jesus, love God with all your, what do you start with? All of your heart. And so we have to make sure that he has that rightful place. This is, this is where we're really talking about Jesus is Lord, in my heart, I've settled the issue. This is what we need to be able to say. In my heart, I have settled the issue. Jesus is Lord. He is the one who, when he speaks, I need to say yes to. When he directs, I need to go do. When he says stop, I should stop. So my heart needs to be in the right place if I'm going to be able to get wisdom. Your heart needs to be in the right place if you're going to get wisdom. Now, how do you know if your heart's in the right place? That's because we can fool ourselves, can't we? Have you ever fooled yourself? Anybody in here ever fooled yourself about things? Yeah, and the rest of you are fooling yourself <laughs> right now. Uh, yes, we can fool ourselves. We can talk ourselves. And we can rationalize things away. And we really deep down know, but we, you know, we manage to talk ourselves into things. But there's a test in the Bible that can help us to understand whether or not our heart is in the right place to get wisdom. Turn to the book of James. 
That's page 1,386 in the Bible there in the, in the uh, chair racks. James chapter 1. Now, James starts off here very early talking about it. He jumps right into it and he says, when you're having troubles in your life, trials come in, hard things, problems. He says, don't get you know, overwhelmed, discouraged about it. No, instead, consider it joy. God's working in your life. If you'll cooperate with God, he's going to do great things in your life. Okay? And to which we might say, okay, how does that work? How, how do I do that? How, how do I respond? And so he picks up here in verse number five and talks about this. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, so let's just stop right there a moment. He's talking here in the sense about in these trials and problems that come up in your life, do you, do you need wisdom? If you, do any of you lack wisdom? Okay. But he isn't just talking about the trials of life. See, there's two, there's two kinds of wisdom that we really need. Uh, one we are, are immediately aware of and the other one we aren't so aware of. But two kinds of wisdom. The first one is this, a, a, a way of life wisdom. Way of life wisdom. And by that, I mean I'm talking about how do we view life in general, you know? What are the principles that we understand to be true? How do we look at relationships? How do we look at money? How do we look at work? How do we look at uh, our responsibilities in the community? All those kinds of things. How do we do what we do and what do we avoid? Way of life wisdom. Okay, that, and that applies across the board to everything. And then the other kind of wisdom, which is really sort of the context of this passage, is Right now, wisdom. Right now. Something is happening in my life. A, a trial has come in or an opportunity has come up. And man, I, I need to know what to do. I need to know how to respond to this. I need wisdom right now. And right now may not be this minute. It might not be this hour. It might not be this day. But it's here. Right? And, and we need that. And that's when we really become aware, don't we, of the kind of wisdom, of our need for wisdom at those points. But in reality, we need both. We need both. I'll talk a little more about that in a minute. But so what James is saying here when he starts talking about, do any of you need wisdom? The answer, first of all, is yes. If you're in the middle of a trouble situation and, and, or big opportunities and you have to make a decision, I need wisdom. Yes, I need it right now. But when you aren't even having those things, you still need wisdom. You need a way of life wisdom. Learning to see God's way and live accordingly. So let's pick back up there. Verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Have you ever asked somebody for something and they said, they belittled you because you were in this situation? Maybe you found yourself in a desperate financial situation and you ask and they said to you, well, you know, if you had just done this and this and this, well, you wouldn't be in this situation. You know that, don't you? Now, if anybody would ever have a right to say that to us about things, wouldn't it be God? Wouldn't it be? And yet it says here, it says, if you lack wisdom, you find yourself in a situation, I need your wisdom, God, on this, I don't know. It says that God gives freely and without reproach. He isn't going to put you down for coming and asking for wisdom. No, the very fact that you're coming and asking for wisdom is a good thing. It's a positive thing. It's a positive thing for you, and God sees it as such. And so it says, he's going to give it to you. But then it says this, and here's where we start to get down to our test of whether our hearts are in the right place or not. 
But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, double-minded woman, unstable in all his ways. Say, okay, wait a minute. What are we talking about here? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. So what are we talking about here? It's not faith in the sense of, okay, here's the statement of faith. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, dying for our sins, rising again from the dead. We believe that, that and that's part of our faith. But that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about asking in faith. If you've been here very long, you've probably heard me talk about faith like this. There, there are two, two big concepts in the area of faith that, that really come together when the Bible talks about this living faith. One is intellectual or knowledge. Okay? There's things you have to know. If you say, I have faith in, in God that he has saved me from my sins. Well, what you're saying, there's some things I have to know. I had to know that I indeed had sinned against God. We all have. And that that had separated me from God. I got to know that. I got to understand and know that Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sins and rose again from the dead. I have to know that. And I have to know that if I, if I will receive Christ as Savior, then he's going to take care of all those sins for me, give me eternal life, and, and come to live inside of me and begin making change. So the things I have to know. But the thing is, you can know all of that stuff and still not have faith. Because the other aspect of faith is the decision to trust what you know. And may I really say trust the one that you know? You trust him. And so we have these two elements together here. And so here's the deal. That, that when we're talking about faith, the kind of faith that God says is alive and the kind of faith that changes things, the kind of faith that makes difference, the kind of faith that enables us to ask for wisdom and get it, it always includes a decision to trust it. Okay? And so we aren't saying, he's saying here, you can't say to God, God, I want your wisdom. And what I really mean by that is, you tell me what it is, so I can know what it is, and then I will consider it. See, that's not asking in faith, is it? Because where's the, the trust element is missing. And so when he says asking in faith, here's what he's talking about. He's saying that when we go to God for his wisdom, asking in faith, we've already settled that God's wisdom is what we need. And we've already settled then that when God shows me his wisdom, I'm going to do it. I've already settled that issue in my heart. That's what it means when I'm asking in faith. And what we want to do, what we so often want to do, I said, we want to, okay, tell me what it is. I've got these options. I've got these different opportunities. God, would you show me your option and I'll compare it to these? But see, when you do that, your heart is not in the right place. You haven't already settled that Jesus is Lord. You haven't already settled that God's ways are best. You haven't already determined I'm going to trust it. And so here's the way I envision this. This is a, a kind of a picture. If you can imagine, there's an imaginary door. You guys got your imaginary hats on today? Your imagination hats? Some of you don't. Some of you are like, I know it's a dark Sunday morning outside, but let's try it. Imagine a door here. And I want to go through this door, but it's locked. And, and somebody says, well, here's the, here's the key to getting through that door. You have to determine ahead of time that when you unlock that door and go to the other side, it's already settled that you're shutting the door behind you and staying on this side. 
And that's the only way that door gets unlocked. And, and the problem is when you're standing on this side of the door, can you see what's on the other side of the door? You can't see what's on the other side of the door. Well, that's the way it is with God and his wisdom. We find yourself, I need wisdom. Whether it's wisdom for a decision right now or I need wisdom to know how to live my life every day. God says, ask me. I'll give it to you. It's available to you. But here's the deal. You have to make a decision now for me to give it to you that I, God's wisdom's on the other side of this door. So if I open it, I'm going through and I'm shutting it behind me and I'm staying over here. Now, are you with me on this? Does it make sense? If it doesn't go, no, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Don't worry, I wouldn't have pointed you out. <laughs> and so this is what God has said. This is how we know if our hearts are in the right place. See, to get God's wisdom, your heart has to be in the right place. And that means I've already settled this. God, show me your wisdom. It's your wisdom that I'm going to do my best to live by. Now, When we're talking about this, asking in faith and making sure that our hearts are in the right place, let me say this to you. It's not about being perfect. It's about being real. And here's what I mean by that. Let me tell you a story. There was a man who came to Jesus, and I think it was his daughter who was sick and dying. And, and he, he came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, you know, can you please you know, heal my daughter? And, and you know, just speak the word, heal my daughter. And Jesus says to him, Hey, if you'll believe, if you'll just believe, this is will happen. Your daughter can be healed. Believe. And he says, I believe. And then he immediately says, oh, help me with my unbelief. And what I want you to see, I think these two ideas, I believe, help my unbelief. Two things going on. When he says, help my belief, that is an act of the will. That is a choice. That is a decision. I believe. I, am, I know this. I'm going to trust. But when we talk about unbelief, these are my feelings. I, I struggle here. I'm, I'm afraid. I, I, I'm doubt, I, But you don't have to be perfect. Aren't you so glad that God puts things like that in the Bible, those stories? That, okay, I need your wisdom. And God, I'm asking faith. I will do what you say. Oh, God, help me when I'm struggling to do what you say. But I am committed to it. I, I want it. I want to do that. And so our hearts have to be in the right place. So how do we then get wisdom? Well, let's talk about those two kinds of wisdom again. Way of life wisdom and right now wisdom. Now, the idea of right now wisdom, I already described it, boy, it's happening. I need wisdom, whether it's today or this week or, or whatever. I, I need this wisdom now. We, we see that one because it's right in our face, isn't it? I mean, it's demanding that we look at it and pay attention, and so we're asking God for wisdom. Now, here's the thing. How that goes and what we experience there will depend on how we've been doing with way of life wisdom. Now, so here's the idea. If I have not been living my life according to God's wisdom, I've been doing my own thing, bumping along, you know, making decisions that make sense to me, doing what seems right to me, you know, doing what's right in my own eyes. I'm going through life this way. And now all of a sudden, boom, something comes up and it's so important. Like I said, whether it's a trial or an opportunity, but it's so big. And I say, I got to get this right. And all of a sudden I see it. I need God's wisdom. I need his wisdom. And so I go to God and I say, God, I... I need your wisdom, I need you, I need your wisdom, and I'm, I will do it. You show me it, I will do it. Now, 
Will God give you wisdom? Will he? Because he says he will, right? But here's the deal. If you haven't already been living your life according to wisdom as much as you know how, he's going to give it to you, but it may be hard. Because there may be a bunch of things in your life that are out of order and that mixed up and have to be adjusted and changed and one thing leads to another and it can be hard and struggle. God will give you the wisdom and it'll, it'll get you there, but it might be really, really hard. So here's the thing. It's this way of life wisdom that it's every day as I get up and go about my business, I've, I've been learning and I'm still learning to see life God's way. I'm seeing, uh, as silly as it sounds, I'm seeing about how I'm supposed to respond to those drivers on the way to work and when they do their thing and they wave at me funny. You know, I mean, we're learning how do I respond to that? What's God's ways? When somebody yells at me, what's my response? Well, I'm learning that a soft answer kind of calms anger down. I mean, we go through, we're learning to live life God's way because we're seeing it. So it's a way of life kind of wisdom. And here's the nice thing, that when you are living by way of life wisdom and now all of a sudden something comes up and you need wisdom, it's not a huge leap. You know, God, either directly in your time with him in the word or through other people, and you're getting counsel, they can say, well, look, this is kind of like this. You know how this is true, and God does this, and God does this? Well, this is kind of like that. And you go, oh, okay, I see it. It's not huge. Very important, but not a huge step. And so the kind of wisdom that we want to work on getting is way of life wisdom. And when you're getting way of life wisdom, what you'll discover is that you don't need nearly as much right now wisdom because you're already living God's way. And it's already clear to you what needs to happen. So way of life wisdom. How do we get God's wisdom? Well, we're out of time and I can't tell you. To... No, I'm kidding. We got plenty of time. <laughs> Let's look and see. How do we get God's wisdom? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. And let me just say one other thing as I, that's kind of a test. I, I, I meant to say it to you a minute ago, this idea of where your heart is at. If you're saying, well, yeah, I, I'll do anything but not that. Or if you're saying, sure, I'll go along with God as long as, then your heart isn't in the right place. You have to say, I'll do anything that God wants me to do and no conditions. And that puts your heart in the right place. Chapter 13 of Proverbs, page 739 in the Bible that's in the pews there. Says this, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And by destroyed, I mean damaged, irreparable harm will be done. But the first, by the way, let me um, just say to you, young people, this is true to all of everybody, but every, everybody in here who is, is 18 and under, listen carefully. This verse tells us that who you choose to hang out with will affect you for good or for bad, depending on your choice. If you hang out with people who are wise, it'll help you to become wiser. If you hang out with people who are fools, those are fools who act like there isn't a God or it doesn't matter if there's a God or his ways don't matter. The fool, it says, it's going to bring damage into your life. It will. 
And so you really want to think about who am I in, in spending my time with. Now, um, this would include not just in person, but I think in our culture today, this, this also affects who, who are you spending time with online, right? Where are you going online and how, how, what are you letting to influence yourself? So it's really, really crucial. If, I just want to challenge you. Start looking at who you're hanging out with and make decisions to hang out more with people who are wise and less with people who aren't. Now, you say, well, I got unsaved people that I'm trying to reach. Go for it. That's not a problem. But you're just hanging out without a purpose, with fools, going to get you every time. And you'll become one of them. You don't want to do that. All right. So the first half of this verse, he who walks with wise men will be wise. She who walks with wise women will be wise. So what you have to make a decision here is you need to spend time with wise people if you want to get God's wisdom. Spend time with some wise people. And the idea is look around you in your church family, and maybe you know a Christian outside of this church in another church, that's fine. But you look around and you say, who, who seems to really you know, know how God wants us to live and is living that way? And, and then try to connect with them. Get involved in their life. Now, how do you do that, right? Well, you could just walk up and say, I perceive that thou art wise, and I would liketh to hangeth with thee. That might even have some merit. But I think one of the best ways for you to do this, uh, and, and like I said, other, any way you can do it is good. But one of the best ways for you to do this is to get involved in ministry. Get involved in ministry and be around some people who have served God for a long time. People who have experience walking with the Lord. Wise people. And hang with them and watch and observe and listen and interact with them. And maybe that relationship grows beyond that and you're able even to get together outside of ministry. I mean, I, I mean, I can see this. I've enjoyed some of this with you. Some of you, I've ministered with you and I've benefited so much from learning, you know, what God has done in your life, okay? So spend time with wise people. Go to uh, a couple pages over to chapter 11. And verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Uh, and what I want us to understand here, this idea is that we need godly counsel into our lives. And it's saying here, not just one person, but we need godly counsel from more than one person. In fact, we get godly people around us and not they aren't always, we aren't sitting down doing counseling. I mean, it's just what we're hearing and are talking with each other in our fellowship. We get godly counsel. And he says, if you don't have that, you're going to fall. But if you have it, there's safety. You can, you know, things are going to go better. Things are going to go well. And so how are you going to do this? Well, you got to figure, how do I hang around with Christians? How do I do this? And, and once again, you can figure out how to do that any way you want. But I tell you, a, a nice, quick, easy way to do this is to get in a life group. Because then you are around other Christians. Every week when our life groups are in session, you're around other Christians and we're talking and we're sharing and we're praying for each other and we have this multitude of counselors and there's safety there. We get God's wisdom there. And then finally, let's, let's go to uh, chapter two.
Here, the author of Proverbs is talking like a father to his son and saying, man, you need to go after wisdom. You need to seek it. You need to, you desperately need this in your, your life. And then we get to verse number six of chapter two. And he says this, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. From his mouth. And so, um, God's word, what God has spoken to us. You need to develop and then follow a systematic plan to get wisdom from God's word. A plan, a systematic plan, follow it, do it. Um, wisdom is found all through the Bible. It's, it's found throughout the Bible, okay? But there is a book in the Bible that God has given us specifically, if you really want to focus in on wisdom, and I'm talking about way of life wisdom. How do I live? How do things work? What can I expect? How should I respond? All those kinds of things in the book of Proverbs. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to, to develop a plan to pursue wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And here's how you get wisdom from the book of Proverbs. First, you've got to read it. Then you personalize it. And then you talk with God about it. And so let's talk about these three things. Uh, God has set it up. It, it's so cool. I, and I know that the chapters were not in the Bible when they were originally written. They got put in later. But it is so awesome to me. Uh, how many chapters are there in the book of Proverbs, those of you who know? How many are there? 31. And, and lots of months. How many days are there? 31. One chapter a day. Okay? So, for example, uh, let's, let's turn to chapter 22. What is today's date? The 22nd. So we turn to Proverbs chapter 22, and we'll, we'll look that up in just a minute. But the idea is you're going to you deal with one chapter a day, and every month you will go through the book of Proverbs. Oh, no. What about the days that only have 30? The months only have 30 days. What do I do? Don't worry about it. Read the chapter of the date, the, the day. Okay? You'll catch up with 31 later. And some of you really get worried this year when you realize it's a leap year. February 29th. Just read, right? Whatever day of the month it is, read that chapter. Okay? And now, when I say read it, I, it depends how you want to do it. But you can either start off with just by reading straight through the chapter. That's probably not a bad idea. Uh, that's kind of what I have done. But that's not good enough. Because you're just going to... How many of you have ever sat down and read the Bible when you're all done? You said, I don't re really remember what I read. Or even more, like, I don't even understand what I read. Okay? So here's how we're going to do this. Look here in chapter 22. What I'm actually going to try to do is to demonstrate to you what I have done. And by the way, I have done this probably for a total of five years. Because I've done it like two years of one stretch, two years of another stretch, and then another year I spent doing this. Every month. So I've probably been through the book of Proverbs like this about 50 to 60 times. And I go like this. I sit down and read. I said, a good name. By the way, I, I read it out loud when I'm doing this. You don't have to, but I do it. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now I want to personalize this. Okay, so... I need to choose a good name instead of money. 
If I have to choose between money and my reputation, I I should always choose my reputation. Loving favor, that sounds like relationships to me. Wow, my relationships are more important than money too. So if I ever have to make a choice between money, uh, my reputation or my relationships and money, I gotta choose my reputation and my relationships. Okay, that's how I do that. That's really personalized, I thought of my life. Now, I, we add the third thing, talk with God about it. Lord, is there some place I haven't been doing this? Is there some place where I've been letting money be more important to me than my reputation? It doesn't seem to me like that, God, I, but if there is, would you show me? And if it comes up in my life, please make me see it. But this second one, God, loving favor, relationships. I think I've let too many things in my life be more important than my relationships. Oh, God, I confess that to you. I want to do better. Would you show me, Lord, where I've done that and what I can do to fix it? Verse number two. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Wow, Lord, so I don't feel very rich, <laughs> but in, in, in the world, I'm extremely rich, the, the whole world. And then the poor, you made us all God. That means that the poor shouldn't be accusing the rich because they're rich, and the rich shouldn't be looking down on the poor because they're poor, because you've made us all. Oh, God, help me to treat everybody equally, not to let their status in society or the amount of money they have determine how I treat them. Help me see that you are a creator of all of us and that every person is of equal value before you. I wish I had time to go on. But you see how you can do that? And and you can't, you're not going to have time to do that with every verse. But what I suggest to you is what I've done. Like I said, I usually would just kind of read through the chapter fairly quickly, and then I go back over and this, where this, some of those verses kind of stood out to me, and I'll pick one of those verses or two or three and, and do that with them. Read it, personalize it, talk with God about it. And I want to encourage you to do this. Start off with the plan to do it for one month, okay? One whole month. Uh, this, when is December 1st? Monday? Tuesday? Next Tuesday? Whenever it was. You can start anytime you want, but tell you what, by then, would you start? Start by then. Once you, if you're saying, I need to get wisdom, I can see I need this way of life wisdom, and, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to start on the 1st, and I'm going to spend the time, and I'm going to do it. Um, and hey, what if you miss a day? Don't worry about it. Pick up the day, figure out what date is today, and read that one. What if you miss a week? Don't worry about it. Pick up what day is it. Read that one today. Because here's the deal. Our tendency is, oh, I'm so far behind, I'll never catch up, and we don't do it. Forget that. Just this day, whatever that is. Because some is a whole lot more than none. All right? But here's what I want to challenge you. 
I want to, ch- I mean, I'm saying you got to just keep maybe that one goal one month, but I want to challenge you to do this at least for three months, maybe six months. And you may find this is so valuable to you do it for a year. And you realize that in a year's time you will have gone through all of the, God's book of wisdom here 12 times. Do you think this will start to make a difference in your life? Huge difference. And so then two more things that you want to do with respect to this. Okay, So you've, you've been reading it, you're personalizing, you're talking with God about it. And then what you want to do is then when you get up and you're done reading that and you go about your business for the day, you want to think about it. Keep thinking about it. Think about it. Maybe you see an illustration that's happening somewhere. Oh, wow. Okay, God, I see that. And, or what does that really mean? You know? Or is there somewhere I'm doing this? Or is there someone else I could help? But you think about it through the day because it's going to help you. And then here's the other one. Apply it. Apply it. In other words, any point in time where all of a sudden what you're reading and think about intersects with life, do what God says. And it will just drive it home. It will drive it deep down in your soul. It will become a part of who you are and how you approach life. It's when you actually finally do it. And the second time you do it, it's just going to, it'll revolutionize your life in an awesome way. And it will absolutely be worth it. Sound like a lot of work, doesn't it? Some of you sound like a lot of work. That's how I, when I want to emphasize something, that's how I do it. You know, if something's really red, I go, it's red. Well, it will really be worth it. We don't have time to go there. Proverbs chapter 3, it talks about that when you find wisdom, what it's going to do in your life. It's going to fill your life up with the wisdom of God and you will experience all the blessings that go with it. It doesn't mean life gets perfect. Let me ask you, when you go through hard times, do you want to go through hard times from a good place or from a bad place? (laughs) See what I mean? You'll be able to go through hard times with it from a good place. It will absolutely be worth it. And when we talked about the condition of the heart earlier, let me say this to you, and I talked about it early in the sermon, but really the starting place for the condition of your heart being right is to receive Christ as Savior. Remember I talked about that, we've sinned, it separated us from God, Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins, rose again from the dead, and says to us, if we'll acknowledge that, that we need a Savior, believe that Jesus, who he said he was, he did what the Bible says he did, and then open our hearts up to him and receive him, that he will forgive every sin, We will have eternal life and he will come inside of us and help us to begin to become the kind of person he wants us to be and that we want to be. If you haven't made that decision, I encourage you just to talk honestly with God about it and make that decision. If you have questions, let us know. Use a communication card, let us know. Go to the Connection Center and say, I don't understand what he's talking about. God's wisdom is worth having and knowing. Let's pray. Father, not only is your wisdom worth having and knowing, it's worth living by. Thank you that you've given it to us. You've made it available to us. You tell us that when we need wisdom we don't currently have, that if we'll come to you in faith, that you will give it to us. And 
Thank you so much for that, that you don't just leave us out there on our own. I pray, Father, that um, we will open our hearts to you in this. We'll make some determinations about it. I pray, Father, that, that many of us here today will make the decision to begin pursuing this way of life wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I pray that you'll change us. You'll give us a testimony for it, Lord. And, and as more and more of us grow in this area of wisdom, it'll change us as a church, too. And I do pray, Father, if anybody here needs to receive Christ as Savior, that they would move towards you in that and get whatever help they need to do that. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.